Good to see all of you here this morning. Let me tell you, happy Thanksgiving. We've heard a lot about giving thanks and Thanksgiving today, and I guess I want to talk about it too. We don't have an outline for you in the bulletin. That's my fault. I didn't complete what I wanted to do until yesterday afternoon, and uh, that was too late to put in the, uh, the bulletin. Uh, but I was thinking about the same things, uh, what everybody else has been talking about, things that I'm thankful for. And uh, I've got so many things that I'm thankful for. Certainly I'm thankful to Jesus, amen, for saving me. Uh, my life was uh, a wreck and uh, really going the wrong way. Probably wouldn't have survived it if Jesus hadn't come in and changed me and made me a new person. I'm thankful to him, thankful to my wife and my kids, and uh, thankful for our country, thankful for all the things that have been mentioned here this morning. But I want to talk about something else uh, today. I want to say that I'm thankful for Hebron Baptist Church. I've been a pastor for 49 years. And in that time, I've pastored six churches. You like that? Six churches. And uh, <clears throat> I've pastored six. This is the sixth church that I've pastored in 49 years of uh, service. And, uh, you know, preachers often say whatever church they're in, is their favorite of all the churches. And and I'm going to say that, but it's not because it's just not just because I'm here now. But I really do believe that Hebron is my favorite church that I've ever pastored over the last forty nine years. And I want to say thank you to you for giving me the opportunity to be your pastor here at Hebron Baptist Church. I want us I want us to be a great church. I think we are a great church. But uh, I was uh, looking online about greatness. And just about everybody that I read about who was considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time, just about everybody that I, I looked at would say of themselves, there's still room for improvement. And uh, there's always room for improvement. If there wasn't any room for improvement, God should just let us die and take us to heaven. Uh, but he doesn't do that because there's always room for us uh, to improve. And I want us to be a greater church than we are already. I want us to go places. I want us to do things that we haven't done yet. And so I looked in the Bible and I tried to find who did I think was the greatest uh, person in all of the Bible outside of Jesus Christ because we could never match what Jesus did. Amen? We could, never, we could never be everything that Jesus is. We want to be like Him. We hope and pray that He's making us more and more like Him every day. But I wanted to look at the different characters in all of the Bible and, and the one I came to, the, the, who I think is the greatest man outside of Jesus Christ to ever walk the face of the earth was the Apostle Paul. 
And uh, I want us to look at the life of the Apostle Paul and see what made him great and uh, see if we can't uh, bring some of those characteristics into our own life. Because you, you do understand that great churches are built by great people. Amen? You can't be a great church unless there are great people that make up that church. I believe we are a great church. I believe you are a great people. And I thank God every single day that I have the opportunity to be the pastor of Hebron Baptist Church. I'm telling you right now, there is not another church that I'd rather be at than Hebron Baptist Church. I am so thankful for this opportunity. And I'm so thankful for you and what you mean to me. But take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts in chapter 20. I want us to look at some things about the Apostle Paul and see if we can't uh, add some of those things into our own life. I'm just really going to talk about three of them this morning. There are a lot of things about the Apostle Paul that I appreciate and love, but I just want to talk about three of them this morning that we find in this passage in the book of Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to start reading in verse 17. The book of Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 17. He says, From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with humility with many tears and trials which uh, happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not uh, shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to the shepherd, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember what the three years I did not, uh, for three years 
I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to go and do the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities. And for those who are with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I want you to know that I'm thankful for each and every one of you and the opportunity to be your pastor. But let's pause for a moment and go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, uh, I thank you for today. I thank you for these folks. I thank you for this church. Lord, I pray, God, that you would have your hand upon us. I pray, God, that we would become everything that we can be in Christ Jesus. Father, I just ask you, Lord, to help us to... uh, Be a lighthouse in this community. I pray, God, that you would help us to give witness and testify to your goodness and to your grace, to your mercy and your love. God, help us to be everything we can be in Christ. We thank you for this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want us... As a matter of fact, in one place, the Bible tells us that Paul says to imitate him. I want us to become uh, more like Paul because Paul's uh, commitment to himself and to his Lord is that he would become more like Christ. And if we're becoming more like Paul, if we're imitating Paul, what we're trying to do is become more like Jesus Christ and to be faithful in every area of our lives. I want to tell you three things about the Apostle Paul that I believe will help us become an even greater church than what we already are. And number one, Paul was committed to a great person. If you look there in verse 19, he says, Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Paul was not a man pleaser. Paul wasn't there just to please the people that were around him. Paul was there to please his heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ. Paul wanted to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and do everything that God told him to do through that relationship with uh, Jesus. Folks, listen to me. Our greatness isn't dependent upon the degree that we uh, uh, please other people. Our greatness is going to be dependent upon the amount that we desire to be like Jesus Christ. Amen? The more we become more like Christ, 
is what's going to make this church a greater church than we already are. It should be our goal to be uh, dependent on Him and allow Him to reign in our lives day by day. Many people talk about receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. Have you ever heard of this? I received Christ as my uh, Savior when I was seven years old. And then about the time of 15, 16, 20, 25, 35, whatever age it is. And he says, then I made him the Lord of my life. I finally got to the place where I could make him the Lord of my life. Let me share something with you this morning and hope you understand the way I'm saying this. Jesus will never be your Savior until he's the Lord of your life. Amen? You don't get saved and then sometime later make him the Lord of your life. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, you are surrendering your life to him. You're making him your king. You're making him the one that sits on the throne of your life. So many times, especially in the world in which we live today, we want to say, I'm the captain of my own ship. I'm the one that makes the decisions. I'm old enough. I'm responsible enough. I'm going to be the one to make the decisions for my life. I'm going to be the ruler of my life. That is so far apart from what the scriptures teach that it's just almost inexplainable. Folks, listen to me. The way we enter into a relationship with the living God is by allowing Jesus to become the Lord of our lives. That we surrender to Him and we desire for His will to be done and not our own. We need Paul put uh, uh, Jesus on the throne of his life. You know what? A lot of people don't understand this, don't realize this. Let me just give you a little fact. So many times, often, people talks about, talk about Jesus being our Savior. Amen? We don't hear a whole lot about him being our Lord. But if you study the scriptures, do you know that the Bible 11 times more God talks about Jesus as being Lord than he does about being Savior. That's 11 to 1 that it's Lord over Savior. We need to learn. Yet so many times people even in the church need to learn that we don't make decisions for ourselves. Doesn't mean that we don't make decisions. Of course, we need to make decisions. But when it comes to the type of life we're going to live, when it comes to the type of church that we're going to be a part of, we need to make sure that it's His will and not our will be done. Amen? Because He is the Lord of our lives. Now, Paul was uh, put in prison. He was put in prison more times than... Anybody I know, seems like every town he went into, they wound up putting him in jail. 
he was finally, ultimately, martyred, had his head chopped off and, uh, for believing in Jesus Christ. There are a lot of martyrs back in the day. You can read uh, uh, Justin Martyr's Book of Martyrs. That's, that, 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 that's a tremendous book if you want to study some of the Christian martyrs that gave their lives for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something about all the martyrs that took place in the uh, first and second century. This is what they get. They put them in prison and they tortured them. They beat them. They put them in the Colosseum and fed them to lions. They impaled them and dipped them in tar and set them on fire to light the streets of Rome. They did all kinds. They, what, what's that? Sawn and quartered, drawn and quartered. They, they, they would take their bodies and tie them to horses and then whip the horses and they took off in different directions and just ripped their bodies apart. They impaled them. They gutted them. They did all that kind of stuff. Now listen, listen. They suffered through every bit of that. Aren't you glad we don't have to go through that today? But they suffered through that. Listen, listen. All they had to do was light a little bit of incense, burn that incense, and proclaim Caesar Escurias. Caesar is Lord. All they had to do, they would have been let out. They would have been freed. All they had to do would say, Caesar Escurias. But they didn't do that. Jesus Escurias. Jesus is Lord. And because they wouldn't take that, say those words, they were willing to be torn apart by wild animals and of both the human kind and the four-legged kind. And uh, they were willing. I, because they were committed to a great person. They were committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can remember... I can remember as I was studying for this message this morning, I came across a little uh, report. I don't know if uh, how many of you have heard of there was a uh, conductor. His name was Tuscanini. Tuscanini was the direct. He was really from Italy, but he was the director of the New York City Philharmonic Orchestra, and they were having a they were having a uh, concert. One night, and they were doing they were doing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, and Tuscanini did such a marvelous job of directing that uh, that orchestra that the people just went wild. It was such a great symphony, and the people were crazy. They were standing up and they were hollering and whistling and clapping. And uh, Tuscanini came to a microphone, and he said, "Please." Please, I'm nothing. This orchestra is nothing. Beethoven is everything. 
It was the one who made the music that was to be rewarded and applauded. Folks, listen to me. It's not us. It's not me. It's not the each of you that make this church a great church. What makes this church a great church is our commitment to the greatest person that ever lived, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Oh, man, folks, listen to me. If we're going to be even a greater church, we need to be committed to a great person, the greatest person, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only was he uh, committed to a great person, he was great, committed to a great purpose. If you look there in verse 28, uh, let me find it. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. The entire chapter of the 20th chapter of the book of Acts is about building up and edifying and strengthening the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, there's not a bigger purpose in a Christian's life that uh, can be uh, communicated than to build the church. So many people want to talk about problems of the church every now and then I hear people complaining about this and about that. And uh, Folks, listen to me. Every Christian needs to be committed to a great Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, uh, soul-caring uh, uh, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's three responsibilities I want you to remember about the church because if we're going to be even greater than what we are now there are some things that we need to remember and the first thing is is that we need to attend church amen we need to the bible teaches us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together all the time uh, uh people tell me that uh, oh pastor i'm sorry i wasn't there but I was there in spirit. <laughs> I was there in spirit. I tell you, it's not a whole lot of fun preaching to a bunch of spirits. <laughs> Amen. Phil, do you like to lead music to a bunch of spirits? Folks, listen to me. When you're not here, you're a part of this body of believers. And when you're not here... It's like a part of us is missing. And uh, we need you. He's saying, he's saying to be a part, to attend. You need to be present. I saw something on Facebook this uh, past uh, week somewhere. And I can't even remember exactly how it, how, how it is, what it said. But it said something attending church by uh, streaming is uh, kind of like, oh, it's kind of like 
looking at a fireplace on a TV screen. He says, you see the fire, you see the action, but you never feel the warmth. You don't feel the warmth. You don't feel the presence of those folks that are around us. We need to learn how to attend church. Some people, they just, uh, they just think of church as being uh, to do with uh, baptism or maybe uh, getting married and uh, maybe when you die. That's the need for the church. Folks, listen to me. There's a lot more than that. Amen? And we need to fellowship one with another. There's nothing like... There's no, that's the reason Thanksgiving is so great, isn't it? Because families get together. Folks, we can do this every Sunday. We get together as brothers and sisters in Christ when... Uh, uh, I've told you this a hundred times. Whenever I lead anybody to Christ, I tell them now you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God and I'm a child of God, what does that make us? That makes us brothers or brother and sister in Christ. And I have a sister that lives in uh, <clears throat> Melbourne, Melbourne, Florida. And I don't get to see her very often, but every time I do, Every time I do, I'm careful to tell her that I love them. When I talk to my kids on the phone, when I'm not being able around, I tell them that I love them. And when I, you can ask Caitlin, she gets embarrassed sometimes. So you can ask my wife all the time. I'm telling her, I just want to be sure. And sometimes I even come up to them and say, have I told you lately that I love you? And because it's important to me, they're family, and I want them to know that I care about them, and uh, I want them to know that feeling of uh, assurance. Folks, listen to me. We are a family in Christ Jesus, and it's something about us getting together that makes us uh, so important. So attend church and then defend the church. You know, there's a lot. We live in a negative world today. Have you noticed that? I mean, there are people that are against everything. And uh, we live, we live and, and, and sometimes that even creeps into the church. I mean, sometimes people are looking for something to complain about. And, uh, and uh, folks, listen. Don't get involved in that. If you hear somebody that has a complaint, just go alongside them and say, see how you can help, not help spread the complaint, but help be, the, be a part of the solution rather than the problem. Amen? I mean, the Apostle Paul was talking about, he said, when I leave here, there are going to be people that rise up on the outside that are going to, like ravenous wolves that are going to try to tear you apart. He says there will even be people rising up from the inside to try to lead you astray. Don't let that. Defend the church. Don't be ashamed. Don't be, don't be afraid to stand up for what's right and what's holy and what's acceptable uh, to the Lord. Oh, I want to. Be a great church. The last thing, the last thing on this uh, uh, 
is be committed to a great principle. We find that in verse 35. Verse 35, it says, uh, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, a lot of times preachers are afraid to talk about giving and because we get that, we get that uh, moniker that all they care about is money. All they care about is money. Folks, listen to me. When I talk about giving, money is the least of it. I want, you to, I want to talk about giving your time. I want to talk about giving your talents. I want to talk about giving your treasure. I want to talk about you giving your uh, help. We need people that are willing to step up to the plate, willing to take, take on responsibilities, people that will help in the... Uh, in the nursery or teach a Sunday school class or, or help uh, setting up and tearing down. We, we, we've had a bunch of people that did all kinds of, but a lot of them are the older folks that were the, the, the strong members. We need younger folks to be willing to step up and say, you can count on me to be a part of what God's doing here at Hebron Baptist Church. Yes, does it uh, does it include giving your treasure, giving your money? Yes, yes, that's a part of it. But folks, listen to me. The Bible teaches if you give, it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Folks, you can never, ever, ever outgive God. Uh, I hear people. Uh, Sometimes they seem to be so protective of their time, of their love, of their schedules. They're afraid that the church is going to ask too much. When you're committed to something, you can't give too much. You can't outgive. God. Folks, listen to me. Let me share something. I'm bringing this to a close. Do you know, by the way, I just remembered this today. This is my sixth year. Today, today is my sixth year to be your pastor here at Hebron Baptist Church. I know you, and I hope you know me. I hope you know the other folks around here. I wonder sometimes, people, you've got to be careful. Got to be careful. They're hesitant to make it. Listen, folks, there's nobody here that wants to hurt anybody. There's nobody here that wants to take advantage of anybody. 
There's nothing like that that you have to be afraid of. What you find at Hebron Baptist Church is a family that loves you and cares about you and will do for you, will be there for you. You don't have to be afraid to be a part of Hebron Baptist Church. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of something great. I am. I am. Uh, uh, my mind plays tricks on me. Immediately I thought of the fourth of the movie, the fourth of July, when Jeff Goldblum and what whoever his wife, ex wife, whatever it was, were talking there on Air Force One. No, they were in the they were at Area fifty one and they were talking about the the their separation. And she said it was never love. It was never about love. I don't didn't you don't you ever Want to be a part of something great? And Jeff Goldblum looks about, knocks the soda can down. Or maybe it was a whiskey bottle, I don't remember. <laughs> but he knocks it down. And he says, I was. He was a part of something great. Folks, listen to me. If you're a part of Hebron, Baptist Church, you're a part of something great. And I'm so thankful for you. The reason this is a great church is because we're committed to a great person. We're committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're committed to a great purpose. We want to build the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't even remember the last point now. doesn't matter. I'm inviting you to be a part. To be a part. Not to be just a hearer but a doer. Be a part of what God wants to do here in this part of Grayson and Fannin Counties. Be a part of that because God wants to do something great. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for the wonderful blessings you give us. We thank you for Jesus I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be the pastor at Hebron Baptist Church. God, speak to our hearts today. Help us. Help us to grow both in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Thank you for this now. In Jesus' name, amen.